Hi, I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. And sometimes that what you love feels horrible. That is true. (laughs) Right? Oh, creativity, true creativity. It's not comfortable. No, a lot of people think like, I hate my job. I just hate, hate, hate my job. I want to quit. I want to be a writer. I want to be a stand-up comic. I want to be an actress. I want to be this, that, whatever. And what what people don't understand is that creativity and creating can be one of the most agonizing, painful horrible feelings mm-hmm. in, in in the world yep. i mean d- driving you to depression mm-hmm. crying um fear unadulterated <laughs> fear yep. and so i want to clear some stuff up about that because yep. um and and say to people Quit your day job. <laughs> I don't quit your day job. No, I meant I was sorry. Quit your day job. Don't quit your day job. I find sometimes having a job that is repetitious, mm-hmm. where I just have to answer all these emails, right, mm-hmm. is relaxing. Yep. Um, like some days I wish I worked in a factory mm-hmm. and put this nut on this screw. Because I'll, I would never go. Did I do it right? Yeah. Is this is is this is this right? What do people think mm-hmm. about how I put this nut on this screw? Oh yeah, it's super safe, very comfortable. You know, you know what it is at the beginning. You know what the job is in the middle, and you know exactly what the end product is supposed to look like. So everything is super clear, which means everything is super easy and comfortable and safe. And safe. And, and creativity is not safe. <laughs> no, it's not. And sometimes when I go, okay, today I'm going to get to uh, um, writing my one-person show, which I've been working on. Um, I should say avoid it, avoid working on it. And I find that I will put everything in front of it that's, that is easier, but yes. tedious. Oh, yes. So the tedious stuff... Um, so, you know, now on your computer, you you know, you have all these windows and everything. So it's very easy to switch to accounting. And I found myself just this morning where um, I really need to write this, mm-hmm. um, this story about my childhood. Mm-hmm. And um, my childhood wasn't real pretty, um, <laughs> painful, and I'm writing about Um, my relationship with my disabled sister. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I had to figure out how to merge two files in Quicken. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it became so important Mm -hmm. to me to not only merge them, but convert Quicken Windows file to a Quicken Mac file. (laughs) And then I needed to merge the two. And I wonder how to do that. I better look that, look that up <laughs> on Google. And now we're on the internet. And now we're, we're going now down I'm the distraction the path. Now I'm on the internet. And I went, God, you know, now I, I wonder how much money is in my bank account. 
Huh. You know what? And I'll go to my email. I swear this is all true. I'm not yep. exaggerating. Now I'll go to my email. Someone I who handled a refi two years said, hey, it's time to relook at, you know, another loan. I go, I wonder how much I'd pay if my interest rate was 3.2. If my interest rate was 3.2, I wonder, maybe I should take money out. That's what I'll do. I'll take, anyway, yeah. this, an hour, I hour woke up, I woke up at 5.30 this morning to write. Okay. 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 I did. I got myself out of bed, mm. had a cup of coffee, took my chores, did my chores, sat down, did a little writing, maybe eight minutes at the most. Mm. And uh, looked into refi. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like um, uncomfortable. Yeah. So one of the things you're kind of pointing out here is uh, we're getting into, I always like to bring in the, the, the business, uh, you know, motivation and that kind of stuff is the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule. Which means Pareto, eighty. Say that again. The Pareto principle. What's that? Um, or it's also called the eighty twenty principle, which okay. means that eighty percent of your success is going to come from twenty percent of your work. Okay. Brian Tracy took it a little bit further. He talked about the ninety ten, which was for every ten minutes you spend preparing, you save yourself ninety minutes of work. So, the eighty twenty principle. Everyone always talks about it's the 20%, the, the, the few things that you do that really get you the majority of your success. That 20% is going to be the most uncomfortable stuff you work on because the most uncomfortable, the most challenging, the most creative, quote unquote, stuff is going to be the thing that serves your purpose, serves your career, serves your ultimate success. The other 80 is what we all mostly spend our time on, which gets us about 20% of our success. That's the emails. That's the, the this, grunge work. That's the distraction. Oh, it's, oh. And it's really, really dangerous because the 20% that actually gets you somewhere is super uncomfortable. And the 80% that doesn't get you anywhere as close or anywhere as much results is wonderful it always but feels not, like it doesn't feel wonderful oh it in feels, comparison to the 20 it feels wonderful well yes it does yeah. but at the end of the day when you've done all that what i call grunge work mm -hmm. and you've emptied your emails you've done there's an emptiness inside of me <laughs> it's like my computer went into me and took a whole soul suck mm -hmm. you know it just sucked out my soul and because even when when I'm working on something that's un, very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. if I really once I once I break through that barrier and get into it, it is so friggin' rewarding. Well, that's one of my favorite sayings, aphorisms, whatever you want to call it, is never confuse movement with progress. When you're in that 80% and you're checking things off the list, you're you're handling minutia that doesn't really take that much energy, but all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're not really, you don't feel rewarded for it because all you're doing is moving around, really. That 20% that you're working in, that's uncomfortable, that's hard, that doesn't come easy, that takes a lot more mental energy, a lot more emotional energy, that's progress. So when you finish something in that 20 category where you're like, 
man, you know, I had to write that story about my childhood, which means I had to go and revisit some of those memories, which were really uncomfortable. I had to sit and write and find interesting ways to, to, to write that out in, in, in verbiage and in a style that I hope will be entertaining for other people to hear. This is hard, difficult stuff that you're dealing with. But when you sit down and commit to it and do it, and when you're done and you put the pen down or you shut the computer off or you click save or you upload to Dropbox or whatever the thing is that you do, oh, it feels so much better because you made progress that day. You didn't just move around inside your tasks. Not only just progress, but I feel I'm on my purpose Mm. in life, that I'm on my purpose. And you know, I said a long time ago that I was going to, I want to do a one-person show, and um, I've done it in my life, mm-hmm. um, and this time somebody it wants to produce it, okay? Mm-hmm. Someone wants to produce, so someone's actually taking lunch with me, how's that show going? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when's it, uh, can we put in our calendar uh, for this fall? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how to get back to you. Uh, you know, so anyway, it, it, it is it is so hard. And, and, and then I have to think, what is uncomfortable about mm-hmm. it? Okay, when you're doing emails, it, it gives you instructions on the page. Oh. It says, you know, reply, mm-hmm. forward, you know. And, and now when I'm on Gmail, it even tells me how to respond. Oh, yeah, it'll autofill. Auto, it actually, yeah. yeah, it autofills. So I'm just there pushing buttons. Yep. And 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 I'm not making any mistakes. I'm just pushing buttons and clearing and sending and doing and what have you. Now, when I'm working on my show, I don't really know what the message is. I don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I'm in mystery about it. Yep. Because when you are creating, um, there's a certain surrender to the process. Yes. And when you're not surrendering to the process, which means it's messy and it's going to be really bad before it's good, mm-hmm. and it might not get good. Yeah. So you have to surrender to that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I, and somehow I have in my head that, when I'm writing creatively, I should know what I'm doing. Yes. After all, I've written a lot of books about mm-hmm. how to do this. So Yeah, shouldn't you just be able to snap into flow and it should just come out of you like with no effort and no Well, I should know the direction I'm headed in. Mm-hmm. And in the creative process, you can be headed you could think you know what direction you're headed into and it doesn't work. Yep. Or it, you know, it takes another form. And what I'm realizing more and more when I really get into it mm-hmm. um, is that I need to absolute surrender to just throwing a lot out there and 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 being in process and seeing where it lays and 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 be uncomfortable with the fact that I don't know. And exactly. I think that's really, really hard because mm-hmm. when we create, a lot of us think of the audience yeah. as we create. Mm-hmm. And that's a real mistake because if you're, especially who you think the audience is, like there you're going and you have your grandmother in the audience who always 
thought everything you did was stupid mm -hmm. and you should have been a bank tail teller, yeah. right? What are you doing, you crazy girl? And, and, and as you go, you bring up ideas, you're imagining that criticism mm -hmm. and that becomes immobilizing. So creativity, if you're feeling like uncomfortable when you write that and you think, oh, that means I'm not a writer, mm -hmm. you're wrong about yeah. that. If you're uncomfortable, it probably means that you are on the right path, Absolutely. on the right course. And what's the old saying about writing? It's like, you know, staring at a blank page until your head begins to bleed or something like that. <laughs> that's 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 what it is. That and and it that's how we, people fall into the trap of getting into those those task driven kind of stuff because uh, have I ever talked about the warm cookie test? No, it's that. Okay. So uh, this is from, I believe it's from The Power of Habit or Quiet. I can't remember which book it's from. So these uh, these guys from like Finland or Norway, I forget exactly where, did a test of human psychology where they had a bunch of people come into a room or, or they would bring people in one, one at a time and they would set down a plate of warm cookies. Now it had to be warm cookies because we react differently to warm cookies than we do cold, old cookies. Warm cookies have a stronger scent. They radiate heat and they just look more delicious. So let's say you were one of my test subjects. So I would bring you in and one group, I would come up and say, all right, here are some cookies right now. What I would like you to do is wait for five, 10 minutes. Okay. And at the end of five or 10 minutes, then I want you to have and enjoy these cookies. And when we are done having these cookies, I'm going to give you a little bit of a test uh, to test some of your, your mental acumen and things like that. And that's going to take about 10 minutes. And then when it's all done, I'm going to ask you what your opinion was on the process and also get some feedback on some things that I think you, you know, what do you think would work better for this test? The other group, I bring you in and I go, here's some warm cookies. And then I walk out. So in the first one, I've given you very detailed instructions. I've given you how long it's going to take, when it's going to end, what it's going to be involved, and I get your opinion about it at the other. The other thing, I give you no instruction. So at the end of the test, I they would send the people, the people from group A who got a lot of instruction, a lot of endpoints, to uh, the same test that they would send people in group B to. And the test was something very simple. It would be like, uh, a screen, they would sit at a computer and a series of numbers would come up and whatever the higher number was on the screen, you would click that on the keyboard. That, some, something super simple, simple task. The people who got the instructions of every, here's what's going to happen, here's how long it's going to take, and we're going to take your input, and they felt validated, they felt secure, they would scan, they would give them a brain scan, and those people, when walking into the test, Nothing was happening upstairs. But when they sat down to take the test, 99% of the scores they would get right. The people who they didn't give the instruction to, when they sat down to do the test, none of them did better than about 40 or 50% right. And they're like, well, how is this possible? The people who sit down to do this task... You know, their brains aren't even firing. They're sitting there in la-la land, but yet they're able to execute this menial task very quickly. These people, you know, they, they, they have all sorts of brain activity. Well, the reason why is because the people who had no instruction, the moment someone says, don't eat these cookies and walks out the room, your brain starts filling in all the blanks. 
What are they? Is there something wrong with the cookies? What's happening? How long am I going to be here? God, I have to use the restroom. What's going on here? Oh, the thing. What's the point of this? Oh, I hate this. Am I going to be here forever? Oh, I don't know if I like these cookies. You start filling in all this stuff. So when it's time for you to do a very simple task, you can't do it because your brain, you filled your brain up with all these questions, all this anxiety. So now you have this simple thing. But when you're given instructions that are very clear, very they. All that stuff that your mind creates, it goes away. It doesn't exist. So when it's time to execute the brainless task, you're in top form. Boom, you just, I can do this, no problem, blah, 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 and you score really well. The inverse occurs when it's a creative task because when the mind walks in blank and not doing anything and now you have to be creative, the brain goes, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do next. I don't know anything. But the occupied mind goes, oh, all right, I've already been creating in my head, so now I can do more and be more. But the people who are really caught up in their brain, they're suffering the entire time they're doing. They're stressing, they're worried, but they're able to create it. Creativity is inherently uncomfortable. So if you come in with a mindset that it's going to be easy, it's probably not going to be very good. You're not going to do a good job. But if it's a easy task that you can clearly do, oh, that stuff comes off super easy. You empty out your brain. You just start acting off of instinct and impulse. So that's why the 80% of things that we do, which are just movement, are super easy to do because the stuff that actually takes a lot of effort, a lot of emotion, a lot of stuff is so uncomfortable. We don't want to do it. And that's exactly the stuff we should be doing because that's what gets us the furthest. Ah, wow. That is... That is fascinating. Mm-hmm. That really is. I mean, when you were talking, I couldn't help but think of left brain, mm-hmm. right brain people. Um, and I'm very aware when I'm my left brain, meaning analytical, mathematics, two plus two equals four. Mm-hmm. It's not like draw a picture of two plus two yeah. <laughs> equals four, right? Which is, which is the right brain. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that. I'm able to figure out how to build a playpen, mm-hmm. right? And the angles and what, and where the mm-hmm. screw goes. And I love that kind of direction. But then, you you know, if you're going to be creative, you have to get in the playpen yep. and then create and play. Mm-hmm. And, and, and without instruction, without clearly defined rules or a very identifiable, yes. identifiable result. A lot of work has, uh, studies have been done on this. I know mm-hmm. that, you know, children play. Children enjoy that. Um, Children also love structure. But I think there's a point where we do lose that. And and if we haven't used it, we we lose it. Mm -hmm. So we end up coming to write and... um, and being scared. Yeah. Well, and so it's a many, fear. Yeah. Well, and so many things that we have to do in everyday life are set up in that instructional base kind of thing. So we've acclimated to that. It's very hard when you have to pay your rent and, or if you have a civilian job that's, you know, you're working at a restaurant or you're working somewhere where it's like, these are the 12 steps that I do every day and all that kind of stuff. Then having to transition over to creativity where there is no structure, there is no layout, there is no clearly defined endpoint or result and you've got to go okay here we go the other thing too that I that you pointed out was also you have to realize that you may work for three or four hours in an incredibly uncomfortable state and get nothing out of it nothing yeah and that's hard too so I have I have a, a few uh, workarounds I'm okay. a person who loves direction okay I love people telling me what to do when I was a kid um, I loved when I discovered magic tricks mm-hmm. because it was a kind of 
creativity of performing that came with instructions. Mm -hmm. It came with patter. Oh, okay. So you do this as you say that. Mm -hmm. And then I would do it and get applause and had a birthday party business and made a living at a very Mm -hmm. early age and had a speech impediment too. But so this way I could practice what I was going to say and uh, not mispronounce words. Mm -hmm. And, and, and though now it's it's harder. So here's some of my workarounds that okay. I've discovered. One is people think of writing as, well, I didn't have time to sit down and write. Oh, okay. Now, sitting down is not a creative position, <laughs> okay? Sitting down is anti-creativity mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. I like to sit down um, after I've been creative and and edit Mm-hmm. Sitting down is great for editing, reviewing, but for the act of actual creation, which we're talking about something from nothing, mm-hmm. which is magic in yeah. itself, I need to do standing up okay. and moving. Interesting. Um, like, for instance, I'll have a gig and I'm doing an hour show and I know, and I'm on a plane mm-hmm. and the plane is five, six hours sometimes. I cannot do anything on the plane because I'm sitting. Okay. So when I get to the hotel room, I mean, I, I've used up my 10,000 steps in a small hotel room mm. pacing, or I walk the golf course, or I say it out loud. Now, are you? do I, you have anything to write with nearby, or are you holding anything to yes, help you I document? Yes, I always record. Oh, you record, okay. Yeah, I always will get an idea and record, but I'm picturing... If I'm doing something for an audience, I'm mm-hmm. picturing that audience. And is it kind of like a stream of conscious kind of thing? You're just kind of working it out just as you go? There's well, no I'm real... working out some ideas. Like mm-hmm. I, I have a, a speech I'm writing that, that that's coming up. And I'll, you know, um, like I know certain stories I want to tell mm-hmm. that I've told before. But I want to have a different setup to the story. And what's the point? Mm-hmm. So I'll just talk it out. And then I go, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm so much easier now because everybody talks themselves it looks like because everybody has headsets on mm-hmm. before it used to i used to look crazy before yeah. iPhone. <laughs> so anyway so i record that and and that's very helpful mm. and so i have uh, i record it then i will come in and sit at the computer and write out what i have now i have something oh okay so i've avoided the whole empty page i have no ideas interesting because i'm actually polar opposite of you um, I, I can't pace and work because that causes me to do, go distraction. And I don't really like instructions when I'm doing stuff creative, but what I do like is an end point. If I say, okay, I need to write something creative or create something creative right now. I always say I have until noon or I have until if it's early morning, I have until 9am and that's the only rule or instruction that I get. So I may spend that time doodling. I may spend that time writing. I may spend that time staring off into space or just imagine or whatever the the case may be but i always know boom at that time that i have set that's when we're done and that's what motivates me to get my creative juices flowing is to know that there's an end point on it um that's interesting too because like i i have found that if i get up and start pacing i i completely lose track of everything that i'm supposed to do i just i i call it my uh i call it being trapped in the pace Oh, no, I, I work this out and I pace and my dog's going like, I'm so sick of hearing these yeah. jokes. <laughs> anyway, so 
So then I get it. I have something down. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because you're documenting as you're doing this. You found a way to actually record. Talk, record. Mm -hmm. Now I'm, I got it down. I got something down. Mm -hmm. Could be end up with just two sentences or whatever. But I always then have an appointment with somebody coming over to work with me. Oh, okay. Okay. So because otherwise I'll never do any of this. Oh, so you need, so, so there's another part. So it's like today, today, 3 p.m. My buddy Shannon, Mm -hmm. she's my, you know, writing buddy. So she's coming over today. We're going to have a two hour session. Nice. So I was going like, she's going to come over. I have nothing. So Mm -hmm. I better get something down. So, so you put some leverage against yourself as well to say, Hey, I've got, I've got accountability to this other person. So I should, I should make sure I get some stuff done. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Shannon and I will walk together. Oh, okay. And then I'll tell her and then she'll take notes. Then we come back and then we work on it. Now Mm -hmm. there, there, you know, this is going from, again, from nothing to something, Mm -hmm. right? Because then you have to go from something to something more, Mm -hmm. and then you have to go something more to getting it good. Now, at those points, um, I'm able to sit at uh, my computer, and now I have something to look at. Now I can make that better. Mm -hmm. But, But the act of creativity to really get that out of you and into, you know, to it to exist to give birth to it Mm -hmm. and and you're not sure what it is or what form it is to me it it helps to distract i know that there's like paul simon i'm very interested in the way um, people create Mm -hmm. um paul simon talked a bit about it we all know he's the uh famous uh you know singer Mm -hmm. all right uh songwriter he throws a ball against the wall oh okay okay and it's the repetition of the ball as he just says lyrics Mm -hmm. so the idea is to try is is like to distract yourself and trick yourself past i guess the conscious brain to allow the ideas to flow without judgment well the other thing too is you've uh, you've also figured out where your discomfort lies in the creative process. You said, I don't want to sit down while I'm doing this. I have to get up on my feet. I have to walk around. So you're like, okay, I can't sit down while I do this. This uh, Nothing comes when I'm sitting, so I'm going to stand up. That's answer number one. Number two is so that the stuff that I create is actually gets remembered so I can work on it more. I'm walking around with my recorder. So I'm recording all the stuff that I'm saying. So you've taken two elements out that make you uncomfortable and replaced them with two other techniques in order to get you past that discomfort and into, into the real work, into where you need to go. And on a previous podcast, you talked about getting a, getting one into the, into a state yep. and and um, what I realized from that podcast is like sometimes I am walking around my house but I'm manic mm. I'm so manic mm-hmm. and I'm ping-ponging my ideas mm. and I'm repeating and I'm in a loop yep. and I can't get out of that loop and it's really bad behavior because i keep finding myself in my pantry (laughs) with food in my how did that get i don't even know how i got there and i can't get out of the loop and i i actually feel the sensation of pain Mm. and it's it's really is again back to the sense of if something is uncomfortable how do we sit in that feeling of discomfort 
and not wanting to just stop it, you yeah. know, just mm -hmm. stop it. And my vice is food, you know. Yeah. Want to go? Let's good. Yeah, let's. Someone will call me. Go. You want to get frozen? No yogurt. Oh, thank you for. Oh, rescuing thank God! Me. Someone thank came God. in and distracted me from this uncomfortable this process. This uncomfortable. Yeah. It's so. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very hard. Yeah. It's but, very hard. You know, it's it's it's, it's going to be something that if someone wants to have a career a career in any sort of creativity, you've got to come up with your strategy. You've got to come up with your process because, like what you said, with the standing up and the pacing and the recording while you're pacing, you're figuring out. Hey, I know I don't get what I need to get done if I'm sitting down and staring at a screen at this stage of the process. So I'm changing the strategy so that I can actually do yes. what I need to do. So. Just to end this, if, if yeah. you're feeling that, you know, uh, listening to this, that, you know, you can't get your first draft down, yep. you can't get it up, try doing it differently. Exactly. And if you can't write at home, get a laptop and go, I like to write in hotel lobbies because yep. I found that loneliness is makes it even more painful. So mm -hmm. I like to be around people that I don't know walking by. You really have to identify what the, the things that the, the there's there's discomfort and then there's a stoppage. So you have to find out what are your stoppages? What are the things that make you not do anything and figure out strategies to deal with those? Like you just like you just said, you like to write in hotel lobbies because sitting in a room in your office by yourself isn't helping you in any way, shape or form. I'm polar opposite. If I have to be creative, I need to be locked in a silo with the lights off. Right. Like I, so, so you have to find out what works for you and create, develop your strategy around it. Yes. And in, and just to end with this, if you're feeling uncomfortable, just know you're probably right on the verge of discovery. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening and let's find your message and launch your career.